Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for September 2nd is Ezekiel chapters 20 and 21. In chapter 20, it begins with the people coming to Ezekiel, sitting before him and asking him to inquire of Yahweh on their behalf. This seems like a good thing, right? Like, finally, they are coming to their senses. They're remembering their heritage, what God is calling them to do. It's like they all of a sudden are finally ready to hear the voice of God. But the response is not what they expected, I'm sure. This is what the Lord Yahweh says. Are you coming to inquire of me? As I live, I will not let you inquire of me. This is what the Lord Yahweh declares. I will not let you inquire of me. I will prevent you from inquiring of me. In other words, you're not interested in what I have to say. Why would I allow you the privilege? Why would I continue to waste my words? You're not interested. We've seen this time and time again to these people. You don't want to hear what I have to say, God says. Or else he would be there. We know that he is so quick to rush to those who are broken in their hearts, who are contrite of heart, who are humble. Remember, again, humility is the currency of heaven. They have no currency. They are spiritually bankrupt, but they think they are rich. He goes into this diatribe where he repeats again and again, the person who does these statutes and keeps my ordinances will live by them. The person who does them will live by them. And again and again, God is saying, I told you, I told your ancestors, I told your parents, your grandparents, their grandparents, their grandparents, going back all of these generations to when you guys were in Egypt a thousand years ago, or 500, or however many. But really, ultimately, it goes all the way back to the first day of creation. Keep my statutes and you'll live. Disobey me, Adam and Eve, and you will die. And the enemy comes and whispers, oh, surely you will not die. God doesn't want you to become like him. So deceptive and so foolish that we believe the enemy rather than the promise keeper. In verse 26, when they sacrificed every firstborn in the fire, literally we They passed their children through the fire, their firstborn. They burned their children. God says, I defiled them through their gifts in order to devastate them so they would know that I am Yahweh. I used to read this and think God is so 
focused on himself. Like, I'm a little embarrassed for God's sake because he doesn't understand how he comes across when he's so focused on himself. How foolish I was. God is saying, I want you to know who I am. So if you know who I am, you won't have to die. You won't have to believe the lie and hurt yourselves. You won't have to struggle if you just knew who I am. God's like, I do it all so you'll know who I am. The fear of Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge. Knowledge leads to life and prosperity and blessing and honor. And he wants those things for his people, but we don't know who he is. And he may come across as pompous, and that's an incredibly naive and selfish and limited earthly view. But as we come to know how great he is, we know that he is the source of all joy and all life and all goodness and all freedom. He is the pinnacle of all that we will ever know. And knowing him will set us free. So these people could not inquire of God. We see it again in verse 31. God says, house of Israel, should I let you inquire of me? As I live, I will not let you inquire of me. Friends, if your prayers are hindered, if there's anything we can learn from the first 31 verses of this chapter, it's that God does not entertain the prayers of those who are in unrepentant sin. And so when you're praying, if it feels as though your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling and falling back onto you, they're not reaching God's throne, then perhaps there is unrepentant sin in your life that God is trying to get you to deal with. But afterward, in verse 39, God says, when he restores his people afterward, you will surely listen to me and you will no longer defile my holy name with your gifts and your idols. God is going to bring his people back to this restoration place. Verse 44 says, you will know that I am Yahweh when I have dealt with you for the sake of my name rather than according to your evil ways and corrupt acts. This is the grace we are living in right now. The first covenant is still in effect, but it refers to this life. If you sin, you will die. There is still forgiveness. That is the new covenant, and we are living in that. And God says, When he has dealt with the sin, he will not treat us according to our sin because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He was the propitiation. He was our ransom. We didn't deserve it. We didn't even ask for it. But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
chapter 21, the sword of judgment. And in verse 6, God says to Ezekiel, groan, groan bitterly with a broken heart right in front of them, Ezekiel. I want you to show them the anguish, the broken insides would be the literal translation. Why would God have Ezekiel, his prophet, the one who was expressing the thoughts that were on God's heart to these people? Why would he have them get go to this public place and lay down before them and groan and writhe in pain because of the agony on the inside of him? It was to prompt them to ask, like, Ezekiel, what's the matter with you? Dude, what is going on with you? What Are you not well? And it opened the door for him to say, no, I'm not well. I'm in this pain because of the judgment that is coming. Please believe me and repent. Repent, house of Israel. Repent. Ezekiel is one of the major of the major prophets in the Bible. So many great promises in this book and so much suffering went into it because he loved so much. Ezekiel loved these people. He wasn't this heavy-fisted, angry all the time prophet. He was expressing God's heart and his motivation was love for the people. The great love chapter in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 13, all about the love, the charity, the agape love of the King of Heaven and his people and how important it is for us to be motivated by love. It's the center. It's in the middle of chapters 12 and 14 of 1 Corinthians that talk about spiritual gifts. And Paul says, if I had all of these great, amazing abilities to reach people, to move them with my music, to go all the way to the throne of heaven, to bend the ear of God, it's all for nothing if my motivation is not love for my fellow man. See, everybody wants to be used by God. Everybody wants to be on the the platform Everybody wants to have an audience and to make a difference. But how many of us are willing to humble ourselves to where we are groaning and writhing in agony in the public square as a testament to our love and how heartbroken we are for those who are being lost? Verse 26, this is what the Lord Yahweh says. Remove the turban and take off the crown. It's this humbling thing again. Things will not remain as they are. Literally, it could be translated, this is not this. This upside down kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. Exalt the lowly and bring down the exalted. This is what God does. He exalts the lowly, the humble. 
lifts up the humble, but he opposes the proud. Friends, my prayer is that we would all understand this, that we would walk in this, that we would allow God the, the, the honor of using us. And I say that intentionally. It is such an honor for us to be used by God. He doesn't have to, but this is the way he designed it. And he didn't create us to be robots that would just blindly follow. He wants us to partner with him. He wants us to become trustworthy so that he can partner with us. He wants us to be friends with him as Abraham was. What friend of yours do you go to see? And when you talk with your best friend, do you ask them for orders? Do you treat them like Santa? Give me this, give me that. Thank you for this, thank you for that. This formulaic prayer. Or do you have genuine conversations? Do you have a business partner? Someone you started a business with? play a game with God has shown us humility by wanting to partner with us I heard someone say this morning our dreams are not big enough friends what are your dreams they begin with humility before the king of heaven and allowing him to whisper and if we're humble enough and we're willing to listen he will whisper unimaginable things and he will exalt us for his own glory not for ours may God bless you friends thank you for being on this journey with me we'll see you